0: On your bulletin cover uh, this morning, you'll find a photograph. Do you have any guesses as to what that might be? The spiral with soft edges and, and willowing flaps all wound together. This fall, our series is called Flourishing, Nine Practices of Faith, and we're centering our reflections on insights that, that Harvard gleaned through their Human Flourishing Project, where they discovered that being involved in a faith community, attending church, and being engaged in spiritual practices can, can steer us away from, from risky behaviors or, or, or addictions mental health issues such as depression. So far, we've considered how we can, we can flourish by setting time aside to, to read God's Word, to ground our lives in generosity. Last Sunday, we considered the, the impact of prayer in our lives, in particular what is called the, the prayer of examine, that we prayed in our opening prayer this morning. this morning we turn to the practice of music. I wonder, have you ever thought about where music comes from? And to dig a little deeper into that line of inquiry, where would you say is the purpose of music? As Oliver Sacks notes in his book, Musicophilia, Even Darwin was was puzzled by those kinds of questions. Darwin wrote, as neither the the enjoyment nor the capacity of producing musical notes are, are facilities of the least use to man, they must be ranked among the most mysterious with which human beings are endowed. Meaning, as human beings appeared on the planet, it seems logical to assume we had more pressing things on our mind than to listen to or to create music, like like locating berries and grains to eat the next day, or to find shelter from the rain. So where and why did this instinct, this desire to, to listen to and to create music emerge from? One concept put forth by scholars and theologians is, is the origin and the purpose of music is to connect us to each other. As I was working on this sermon yesterday, I, I walked into our living room and into a 1950s Braun SK-55 record player made of white sheet metal and the side elm panels. It's considered to be one of the most attractive designs of all time. My father and my mother saved up for months to buy it when they lived overseas, and and they gave it to me a few years ago when they were downsizing. On that record player, I remember hearing the melodies of Petulia Clark, Dave Rubin. Now, as some of you might know, our son Brendan has moved to California for his first job. And what's fascinating is over the past few years, he has become enamored, as many millennials have, with vinyl records. Brendan had these boxes of records he wanted to ship to California. So he he was going through his collection and came across an old record of mine that had migrated, shall we say, into his collection, along with my Bruce Springsteen and old blues records. This record was a Van Halen record. <laughs> I think Andy Cooley remembers this record. <laughs> well, Van Halen today, to be honest, is a somewhat forgotten rock band. Uh, so Brendan held it up, and he looked over at me, clearly not interested, and said, so dad, maybe you want this? (laughs) I nodded and said, yes, I do. So yesterday I dropped the needle on a Van Halen record I loved nearly 40 years ago that went through my 23-year-old son's hands and onto a 1950s record player that my father had given me. One concept put forth by scholars and theologians is the origin and purpose of music is to connect us with each other. I wonder, do you do you have albums? Do you have CDs? Do you even have musical instruments that have been passed down from, from family member to family member, friend to friend? Do you share a love for, for Bach, for Benny Goodman, for the Beatles, with a spouse, an old friend, a colleague at work? Because interestingly, when we read through Scripture, we come time and again that, that music connected people of faith like ourselves. We know, for example, the Psalms and, and what the Christians call the, the Old Testament. Those Psalms were the first hymns. So the words and melodies connected people like us. We discover the disciples and Jesus were, were singing hymns in the New Testament. Hymns that connected them to each other and enabled them to praise God. Have you ever had that experience? When, when singing a hymn, you suddenly felt connected or, or aligned with something greater than yourself. Perhaps with God. Perhaps with the person sitting next to you. A person who might be a spouse, a friend, or even a stranger. I know I have the privilege to sit so close to our wonderful choir and be carried along by their voices. I know what a privilege it is to see your faces and to hear your voices as we sing, for example, Here I Am, Lord, or Christmastide. Along with connecting to other people, it has been suggested music also connects us to ourselves. Elena Manns is an award winning filmmaker and also written a book called The Power of Music, where she observes anyone who has been transported by Mozart, moved to weep at the national anthem, stirred to dance, knows the power of music. How does that happen? Well, she describes how the elements of music, time and pitch and volume, echo our own pulse our own breath, our movement. It touches us at an emotional core. That's why we feel joy or sadness. I wonder if you ever had that experience where where music connected you or, or reconnected you with your heart, with your soul, something deep inside. At a parent's funeral, as you sang the last verse, of amazing grace, as you danced with your son or your daughter at a wedding, as you walked or as you ran or as you biked, and and the music made you exercise a little harder, and at the end of that workout, you, you felt better and more at peace. What is the origin and purpose of music? Some have said it connects us to each other. Some of us says it connects us to ourselves, which brings us to the third origin and purpose and to the photograph on your bulletin cover. Do you know what it is? Do you have a guess? It's a photograph of what is called the organ of Corti. What might you ask is the organ of Corti. I came across the organ of Corti this week reading Oliver Sacks' book on music where he made the point that while Darwin saw the the eye as a miracle of evolution, the ear in many ways is just it's complex and beautiful. Those of you who know someone navigating issues regarding the ability to hear have come to realize how remarkable and beautiful and complex is the human ear. What you're looking at on your bulletin cover it is deep inside your ear and was discovered in 1851 by Alfonso Corti. And so what is it? One website explains the organ of Corti can be thought of as, as the body's microphone. Situated on the membrane of one of the cochlea, there's about 16 to 20,000 hair cells distributed along the membrane that follows that spiral. What does it do? Well, it enables us to hear it, at least when we are young. 10 octaves of sound, ranging from about 30 to 12,000 vibrations a second. Because as we know, sound and organized sound, what we call music, is really just vibrations. The movement of molecules in the air that our ear can discern. Those vibrations move hair cells in our organ of courting. When I showed this photograph to Julia and Scott this week, we were just speechless at the symmetry the creativity, the mystery of God's creation. That yes, we can gaze at stars and experience awe, but is not what we can see on our bulletin equal to the stars above? That when we think about it, God's good and glorious creation does seemingly express this this design for sound, even organized sound. There's an old philosophical theory called musica universalis. It, it, it means music universal. It's also sometimes called music of the spheres. Many suggest it goes back to the 6th century mathematician and philosopher Pythagoras. We discern that the, the length of a string and the note it produces has this relationship in inverse proportion. Pythagoras believed this this insight to the very design of sound gave us an insight to one of the very organizing principles of the universe. He's quoted as saying, there is geometry in the humming of a string as there is music in the spacing of the spheres. Today, as astronomers are remarkably able to hear the sound of of black holes colliding light years away it appears that he was right that the universe hums it vibrates which is perhaps one reason why we can flourish as we align our lives with a faith community that sings when we choose to follow the lead of the psalmist this morning who proclaims, I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Because in a way, if we think about it, every day and every Sunday is All Comers Choir. The All Comers Choir in our chancel This morning, the All Comers Choir in the pews around you, and even the All Comers Choir, Celestial Choir, that hums above us today. For as Scripture reminds us this morning, whenever we choose to to join those choirs, what ends up happening is we offer God our praise. Praise for the organ of courting. Praise for how music connects us. Praise for how music connects us to ourselves. And praise for how music ultimately connects us to God. Of course, Kurt Vonnegut, author of Catch-22, once said, If I should ever die, let this be my epitaph. The only proof he needed for the existence of God was music. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen.